Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Eurospeak podcast. As 2021 is an Olympic year, thanks to the event being postponed, my guests and I will be doing a sport and fitness related episode. Today, you'll be hearing us talk about the athletes who took part in the Olympics, not the modern ones that we watch today, but the ancient Greek ones where participants competed for laurel wreaths rather than gold medals. On this episode, I'm joined by two guests who will be sharing their thoughts on ancient Greek athletes, and in particular, we're going to be examining their training styles. They're champions in their own rights, and both of them are here in their capacities as members of the fitness industry. First, we have Aloisa, group fitness instructor, long-distance runner, and on-the-side makeup tutorial expert. Welcome, Aloisa. Thank you for that interesting introduction, DJ. I never thought that fitness and makeup could go together in my profile. But from my experience, I do believe that we can all be glamorous despite being drenched in sweat and crying our hearts out after a strenuous workout. That is that is true. We, we all <laughs> aim to be glamorous, I believe. Uh, and I imagine the ancient Greeks thought that same way. My second guest is Mao, also in group fitness. But I believe you also have a bunch of intimidating fitness certifications, which makes you a great contributor for today's episode. Thanks for joining us, Mao. Thanks for having me, Beej. Um, I'm not so sure about intimidating, but I hope I could get to contribute to this conversation today. I think you will. Uh, so I look forward to hearing what both of you have to say. And so to start us off, I thought I'd ask you both to describe what you think an ancient Greek Olympic competitor is like. When we look at the ones who compete today, we see they're always generally fit, usually wearing tracksuits with their national colors, hanging around the Olympic village, and probably carrying around the equipment they need for their sport. What do you guys imagine in your head when you think of the ancient Greek equivalent? Maybe Aloysia, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> well, even a first grader will not think twice about the idea of an Olympic competitor. Uh, the idea of being fit means having a muscular and athletic physique with all those, you know, cuts in our current language. <laughs> Likewise, I think of the same thing. I'm thinking of someone like, you know, Brad Pitt from Troy. <laughs> someone who has a defined figure, but with lesser clothes, probably. Okay. So, yes. if, we, if we would take into account being Greek, all I could say is just simple and thin, thin pieces of cloth probably drape around the parts of the body that um, needs uh, some covering. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's true. And you mentioned being muscular and really fit. I, I believe that describes yeah. you, doesn't it? Well, me? Um, maybe like five years ago, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Thanks to quarantine. <laughs> yes, this is being recorded during quarantine, so our fitness routines have yes, all been changed agreed. up. Mao, any thoughts on your end on if you would like to participate in or watch any of these events if they were brought back from the past? I think of, I'm not sure if you guys are still familiar with this movie, The Gladiator. Oh, uh, yeah. Or trying that's okay. Yeah, this is. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I think. I think another one is, it's pretty kindergarten. Keyman. Yeah. Keyman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. So when you say Keyman, uh, you mean pretty ripped with the. Bob cut hair. Yes, and huge muscles. Huge muscles with less clothing. Just like what Eloisa said. Okay. Well, I guess I, I could talk a little bit about it based on what historians say. So based on my research, it appears that the ancient Greek Olympic competitor had a much simpler outfit in the past since they competed 
fully naked. No Nike or Adidas sponsorships back then. I also encountered the term kinodesme, which you guys might like. It refers to a cord or leather strip that is used to tie up someone's genitals so that they're not in the way when they're competing. And to this, I should probably add that only men were allowed to compete back then. Uh, Eloisa, I guess you'd be in the audience, but only if you're unmarried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're married, you're forbidden from being where the games take place. So, you know, fun all around, whether you're a man or a woman. I'm not sure how you feel about this. Any thoughts on these, Eloisa, Mao? Maybe women not participating? Or maybe you have thoughts on uh, tying up your genitals? Well, okay, I'll start. Feminism is yet to be in a picture, definitely. So, actually, the role of women in sports nowadays have yet to be fully played as far as men. So, e- even in movies, we often see women, like, having only supporting roles. You know, just like being cheerleaders, they just have those pom-poms screaming for hunks and jocks in the game. But, but you know, some women athletes nowadays uh, have been hailed as icons in terms of sports. So, well, at least in tennis. So That's it, true. Yeah. Yeah, Serena Williams. Yeah, um, Sharapova. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> Mao, any thoughts on this? Uh, women in sport, women in fitness, or is, is your opinion about to be about the uh, Kino Desme? Well, I think it's their version of an athlete support. Oh, yeah. Okay. What boxers have nowadays, right? They have certain protections around the crotch area just to protect their genitals because mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's our future. It's <laughs> our future. It is indeed. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's jump into some more topics. Uh, the next thing I thought we could talk about is your thoughts on some of the events that took place during the ancient Greek Olympics. I suppose you can comment from a fitness perspective, but also just feel free to express any thoughts that come to mind. Are you guys okay with this? Sure. Definitely. So there's some pretty typical events, like the ones that we see today. So they have foot races or running. Uh, The first ever Olympic event was the 200-meter running race. It was called the Stadion, where we get the term stadium today, actually. There's also the javelin and the discus throwing and wrestling. However, there's some other ones that I think you'd find interesting. So one of them that comes to mind is this hoplitodromos, which roughly translates to soldier's race or soldier's running. And basically, it's a foot race where you're sprinting in full armor, which all combined weighs about 50 pounds. So I know today we have a Spartan race kind of obstacle course thing, but I'm not sure if the hoplito dramos may be harder than that. What do you guys think? When you meant foot race, literally on foot, <laughs> right? Like they don't. Yes, have... yeah, they, they are. They are basically you are in armor and you are running and it... in a sprint. Oh, so I guess Spartan is derived from that event, right? Because, but I think it was much harder because the modern times, like what we have right now, um, they, we yeah, we already have comfort and convenience even for sports well in terms of athletic wear the right kind of shoes to match the the terrain you're running on the kind of clothes plus other sports paraphernalia to make our lives easier during the event or the competition but i mean if you would if you would take into account the 50 pounds i mean that's a lot (laughs) today we have those 
those vested weights, I know you, you call those vested weights, right? That, that people use during weight for yes, functional yes, I know training. What you're about. Yes, yes. Yeah, but but I don't think fifty pounds while running is easy. <laughs> and I don't I don't dare to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually wonder if um, if the Spartan race today would want to go hardcore historical and and put in this Hoplito dramas into it. Um, I don't know. Ma, Mal, any thoughts on this? Is this a good workout for us to do? You know what I'm just thinking of when I when I just saw when you just mentioned that I just thought of torture. <laughs> exactly sure. what Eloito said. Yeah, it's exactly what Eloito said. How can you prepare yourself for the physicality of that event if you have to run barefoot? If you have I guess to they wear had sandals, maybe. Yeah, but you know, again, we don't have the convenience of rubber shoes. That's true. There's no cushioning on those sandals. I yeah, bet. yeah, that, that's well, definitely God. difficult on your body in many ways. Mm. So I, I think if it comes to difficulty. Spartan race might have an edge, but it, once you get down to the experience itself, I think what they had before was a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not worse. <laughs> Although I imagine they were also doing it because of a military training or something. So the next event is actually pretty familiar. It's the long jump, but the ancient Greeks did it in a completely different way from today. So back then, you got three standing jumps but you do them while carrying weights that you can swing to give you forward momentum. So that's good so far. But what I really found to be interesting though is that you perform your jumps with the flute as musical accompaniment. So there's some artistry involved there. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about doing an event like that or maybe getting the, the people you train with to do an event like that. What do you guys think? Hmm. Flute while jumping. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, <laughs> first, <laughs> the idea of using arts as sport might sound ridiculous for us today, but come to think of it, there should be some artistry even in sports, right? I don't know if we could come up with a similar situation with that, but maybe that is what we lack nowadays. I think athletes and other mm. competitive personalities lack that artistry in them. I mean, it's all about brawn, power, and like so but very limited sports such as you know gymnastics and maybe even chess can have a can have a show of this but if we can revive this it could give a, an extra oomph in their performances <laughs> with a flute <laughs> interesting and is flute music the uh the thing that's gonna pump these people up yeah <laughs> <laughs> or, or that's gonna that's gonna bring hype to the event <laughs> maybe yes <laughs> And what about you, Mao? Any thoughts on this three standing jumps with weights and a flute? I was actually going to comment on the last thing that Eloisa said. Maybe oh, sure. we, can, we can modernize it. Maybe it won't be a flute this time. Maybe it can be hmm, guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jumping with a guitar now. <laughs> or, or what do you call it? EDM music or something yeah, in the background. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose so. We we have developed more instruments and, and done music with technology. I mean, so you guys teach group fitness. I, I imagine that music and fitness, maybe there's some kind of connection there. I think so, yeah. Well, if we see the events being done now, not only 
I'll take the Sea Games for example. I remember mm-hmm. you and I had a conversation about this not so long ago. There are now events that are not really physical, mm. right? Beach. Yes, like, that is true. Let's, like, say, uh-huh. let's say gaming, for example. So yeah. esports. Everything nowadays. It's not only it's not only about physicality now. Just like what Eloisa said, plugging yeah. a bit of artistry in what they do. It's more of a it's more of an art rather than just being physically fit. Right. It actually reminds me of how they introduced like competitive ballroom dancing into the Olympics, I think. And wow. I think in the next Olympics, they're supposed to debut like hip hop dance or, or break dancing, something like that. So kind of interesting to see how that goes. But I guess, I don't know if this means that we're going back to the artistic roots of um, <laughs> of the Olympics, but it's, it's something interesting to think about. <laughs> okay, so... One last event I wanted to mention was the Pankration, which translates to all power. Pan meaning all and kration meaning power. It's like the UFC today, but maybe a little bit more hardcore because there's only two rules. The first one is no biting and the second one is no poking out of someone's eyes. I think the UFC would look really different if they only had those two rules, don't you think? Uh, I don't know much about UFC, but... I think rules are made to make the sport less barbaric, I guess. But me personally, I do, I do not enjoy the gore in sports, so I do not prefer wrestling or boxing and the like. So if the rules would be less, what makes the what makes us as the audience different from those who enjoy the eventual harm or kill back in the day? <laughs> Yes, these are interesting rules. It's actually, you point out something really interesting that there was no rule against killing somebody, just biting and biting. and poking out their eyes. That now makes me think that maybe the ancient Greeks forgot one, unless that was the point, that you could actually kill somebody in the Pankration. I don't know. Mao, I think you might know more about the UFC. Yeah, he's an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love speaking. <laughs> Before moving to that, I actually wanted to reference the Kino Desme. <laughs> so it also shows that there's no rule about not hitting below the belt. So that means, you know, since you yeah, have you can. protection, yeah. then okay. it's pretty violent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if, you know, that that was common practice back then. But going on to the UFC. Or even the WWE, which yeah. I know you're quite a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally different, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally different. Okay. When it comes to the UFC, I think I'll have to be completely honest. I still don't see it as a sport. We can mm-hmm. take the Olympics, not like boxing, mm-hmm. just because of one, the sheer brutality of it. Again, we're 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 trying to you know we're trying to. There's something more positive, I think. And, and the rules are very, very, very different in the UFC. Second, I know they're also considered athletes nowadays. They are. Their training is top-notch, definitely. Okay. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the UFC is definitely not yet on that level for me. Okay. If okay. they used to do that in the past, then, wow, that's something else. <laughs> So, would the reduction of rules do it for you? Like, if you were to do it the Pankration way where there's only those two rules? I think 
a related question to ask would be, would any of these events appeal to you either as a spectator or as a participant? And so the three choices are are the Hippolyto Dromos, the standing jump with the flute, and the uh, Pankration. Maybe, for me, maybe the flute thing, the artistry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that's the, that's the safest answer. Does, does it not appeal to you to run in full armor for 200 meters? It's hard. <laughs> well, for, well, for me, the artistry thing, not necessarily with a flute, okay. but we could think of something else, <laughs> like what Mao said. Maybe some symbols, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Symbols or confetti or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think most of the sports personalities that we have nowadays, they they need to level up their games in terms of showing their passion and dedication to the sport they are playing in. Although yes. nowadays it is impossible, right? Like they need to strip down to the very core of why they're doing it, not just because of fame, not yeah. just because of politics or whatever. So I think yeah. that that yeah. would make it more interesting and make it more genuine for me. Mm, true, true. Mao, any thoughts on your end on if you would like to participate in or watch any of these events if they were brought back from the past? I wouldn't mind watching people run this. <laughs> It's full armor. (laughs) Well, probably not armor anymore. They'd update it definitely. So maybe wear... Like bring a stack of rice. Yes. (laughs) It's very Filipino. Yeah. I mean, if that event was brought back, then I definitely would like to see that. Especially with the athletes of today and how fit people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Following on from your answer, I actually wouldn't mind watching them if they were in legit armor. I just want to see how they would even walk around in old school ancient Greek armor and running around nearly barefoot. But, you know, that's me. So now that we've discussed some of the events, maybe we can change direction slightly and talk about training methods. I'll just read through a few of them for you and maybe you guys can give your thoughts on whether or not this would be effective for training or if you'd like to get people you train to to try out these things. So we can start with the place where the training actually took place. So back then, they used to work out in a place called the gymnasium, kind of like today. So there were spaces for bathing and changing and exercise. But one difference is that they had libraries and lecture areas since the gymnasia back in the day were places for physical and mental education as well. And also, I suppose I should add, working out was done naked since gymnasium's root word is gymnos or gymnos, which actually means naked. Any thoughts on on any of that? Will this create a more conducive training environment? Okay, I'll leave the naked part for Mao, but I would okay. <laughs> I would comment on <laughs> I would comment on the library and lecture area. When we all did physical education classes, like from back in elementary schools up to college, like we had the lecture before the actual application, right? So there is science behind everything that we do in fitness. So our gyms right now do not necessarily have to create libraries or or those lecture areas, but maybe a little a little note for supplemental reading would help. Well, online 
this okay. should be given more attention, okay. especially now that we're in quarantine. More readings and, and information about fitness, and hopefully people will not take them for granted. So I suppose in, instead of chit-chatting or gossiping in the gym or bringing those foods for a big party, we could have some readings or sharings about how to improve fitness, like a small group discussion like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that would be cool. Any thoughts on your end now? Naked part. The, the, the naked, naked part, part or the libraries, anything. You do whatever you need to do to get better in sports, right? <laughs> or, or in fitness in general, yes. Yes, definitely. Well, it's definitely a good concept of having a library, lectures, just to give athletes an edge with regards to their sport. It's, to Eloisa's point, before you actually do any kind of activity, whether it be in school, in a PE class, whether it be in a gym, uh, in present day, you go through certain assessments, you go through a bit of education. And yes, I'd, I'd totally be up for that. I mean, nothing beats knowing what you're doing before you actually do it. Because chances are, if you don't get to educate yourself on what you're going to do, screw up and you might end up hurting yourself so yes I'm definitely up for that that is something that needs to be considered not it doesn't have to be a big big library or a big lecture but a, a process or at least a system would be great especially here in the Philippines for example this is something that we lack in our country you, you get to see other other countries have great sporting facilities where they can train so it's a good investment as long as you have the right people in place definitely yeah. and to address the you know training naked I thought we were just gonna slide through that uh, but, but since you brought it up 50-50 I mean if you're comfortable with your teammate okay. you know yeah let's do it let's do this butt naked I guess it's a it's a test of trust. Yes, uh, yes. Trust building exercise. And while we're on the subject of training, here's another aspect of ancient Greek fitness regimes that I encountered. It's a four-day exercise routine, which actually has the following parts. Day one is preparation day with short, intense movements. Day two is all-out effort. Day three is relaxation. And day four is moderate exercise. And I'm not sure what happens after that, but I think they restart the cycle. But does this sound like the type of thing that a typical workout routine should follow? Any thoughts from you guys? Well, I read this in one of the articles that Les Mills put out on her website. Oh, and I'm cool. kind of following the program. So, because it, they mentioned there that exercise needs variety. So we cannot just do a hardcore workout on everything, right? It must be well-planned. And every day you set a goal that yeah you have a program so it's not a random thing okay like today i'm gonna dance tomorrow yeah, i'm gonna dance again <laughs> or, or not something like that so so it makes sense um it also makes sense if we reach uh, an early plateau if we do the same thing over and over again right so there must be a variety and there must be like the program that you mentioned so there's a day for rest there's a day for just stretching or maybe a little yoga or a lot, maybe. Yeah, maybe as a as a question, is a four day cycle? Does that sound like a, a reasonable thing for you? Yeah, I think yes. 
four to five days, maybe. I actually have one one last fitness tip that they have that I wanted to ask about. So every gymnasium had its own aulos or flute player whose playing would set the rhythm for the movements, especially during the warm-ups, but even later on. And I imagine you both have insights on music and exercise since you have group fitness backgrounds. Did did the Greeks have something? Oh, was is there is there something? What, music. Yeah, to to what the Greeks were saying, you know, music to pump you up or music to get you yeah, moving, yeah. kind of thing. If I would recall again, my back in 2012. Wow, when I when I first did my my the 32k run from the Run Rio trilogy, I accidentally left my iPod at home. So for for freaking two hours or so, <laughs> I was it was yeah it was raining it was raining I remember that um, I was running amidst the rain and I I was almost zoning out because I felt the run was super silent. Oh. All I heard were the were the grunts and the breaths of the runners, you know, mm-hmm. and of course the sounds of the vehicles passing by and the first rain. But I felt the run was so boring. I didn't care anymore if I ran slow or fast. All I cared about was I hope the run would end sooner. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, for me, music plays uh, an important role. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, actually, in group exercises, right? Pe- people get to attend your class because they like the music. True. What Eliza was sharing earlier, I used to think that I used to think that if I had music, the run would be a lot more interesting. But. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a certain run. I'm not sure which run it was, but it's one of the half marathons that we did, where I just, mm-hmm. just didn't put on any music. I left my earphones. I left my iPod oh. because I just hated my earphones just kept falling off my ears when you were running. So I just left it, and it, it it's actually a lot better for me. I think the oh. music plays a big part for me. This is just for me though. Mm-hmm. Music plays a big part before the run, just to get you pumped up. Okay, we're going, we're going to do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. I just mm-hmm. play all a pump up music before for running, and as soon as we start, that's it. There's no more music. And okay. I think this goes for I don't know for some athletes. I mean, the UFC when fighters come out, they come out to music, right? They have this entrance. That's Mm. So yeah, true, it, it makes a big difference if you're pumped up because you're listening to music before mm-hmm. or when you're doing your warm up. Yeah, and that's what the ancient Greeks used the aulos player for. It's usually during the warm up that they played the biggest role. Later, those flute players probably took a break, but they were most important in the warm up. So there may be something to that as well. I think with the feedback you guys gave, the listeners and I have a ton of new fitness tips. That we can use to train those Olympic-type bodies, and so that said, I'd like to thank both of you for joining me today. Thank you, Mao, and thank you, Eloisa. You gave us some interesting new ideas. Much gratitude also goes to our audience for continuously supporting us. Do let us know if any of the ancient Greek fitness works for you, whether it's the four-day training regime or pumping yourself up with flute music. Cheers to everyone, and thank you once again for listening to the Eurospeak podcast.
Thank you so much for listening to the Eurospeak podcast. If you like what you heard, why not leave us a five-star review? And for more episodes, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is contact.eurospeak at gmail.com.